started um, a series in Jonah. And if you went to camp or uh, if you went on mission trip, we've been talking through Jonah. We've been talking about it a lot. So you're like, well, why, like, why, why are we still, why are we doing this if we did it at, at beach camp, whatever? Maybe the better question is, what is God trying to show me through his word uh, if we are continually looking at the book of Jonah? And it's a, it's a story, an incredible story found in scripture. It's a true story. Right, probably familiar to a lot of us uh, if you if you grew up going to church, but it is one that contains so much truth about who God is and His purposes in the world, right? And and namely that is to show His mercy to all the nations, all the people on the earth. That's what that's what the Book of Jonah is showing us. And uh, last week, I, I th- when Ryan preached, I think we left Jonah in chapter one. He was tossed off the boat, and so the poor guy has been flailing around in the ocean all week. And we need to get him out. Okay. And uh, Noah did a great job reading our text. And today, we're going to get a glimpse. Okay, of what happened. After Jonah was tossed off the boat, we're going to get a glimpse of what happens from his perspective, okay, and we're going to get a little bit of his mindset from inside the fish, okay? So we're taking you inside the fish. It's like, uh, it's like this is a news report, right? It's, we're live at 10 a.m. going inside the fish, okay? We're going to give you uh, a glimpse of what, of what Jonah was thinking, and just a reminder, <clears throat> these events really happened. These events really happened. Everything in God's word that we find in the scripture is true and is trustworthy, right? Because it was all written by men as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's 2 Peter 1.21. And Jesus also had this view of scripture, right? He believed Jonah was a real historical person, that these events actually happened, and he actually compared himself directly to Jonah. So we are diving in this morning to some important stuff. Okay, there, there was a pun intended there, okay? Diving, diving in, sorry. I need you guys to get with me, all right? <clears throat> so we're diving into some important stuff in Jonah Day. And here's what I want us to see from this text. Okay, we're going we're gonna to open it up. We're going to look through it. I hope you'll follow with me. If you haven't already found Jonah, it's a little tiny book. It only takes up two pages in my, it's on, in my Bible. Um, we're going to be in chapter two. And here's what I want us to see from the text today is this. God... This is, this is what happens in the text. God rescued Jonah despite his rebellion, and Jonah responded with praise. No, don't put that up yet. It's too soon. God rescued Jonah despite his rebellion, and Jonah responded with praise. Okay, that's what I want us to see, how, how God rescued him despite his rebellion, and then Jonah's response is with praise. Okay, that's what we're going to see happens in the text. Now, to bring this to today, right, we want to we make, um, uh, make this applicable to us sitting in the room, right? You want to know what the scripture has to say to you, right? Isn't that why you're here? You want to hear from God. So that's what the text says. But to bring it to today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to substitute us in, and then I'm going to change it to the present, okay? So we saw, we're going to see that God rescued Jonah despite his rebellion, and Jonah responded with praise. Now the point, that's the point of the text. The point of this sermon that I want you to get, and now you can put it up on the screen, is that God rescues us despite our rebellion. And we must respond with praise. 
Okay, that's, that's, the, that's taking it to, to today's point. So we're going to see what God, how God dealt with, with Jonah and, and what, we can, what we learn about God through that and then how he also deals with us. He rescues us. He saves us despite our rebellion, and we must respond with praise. Now, don't misunderstand, um, and I say this all the time. You've probably heard me say this if you heard me preach, that uh, to you students, and it's very important, and it's this, that the Bible is not about you, Okay? The Bible's not about you. You are not Jonah. Right? These things didn't happen to you, like Ryan said. These things didn't happen to you. The Bible is about God and his plan to glorify himself through saving his people. Right? That's, what this, that's what this story is about. Now, we get to play a tiny little part in this, and praise God for that. But this is namely about, about God and, his, and how he is dealing with his people, how he's saving a people to glorify himself. Okay, so what we learn about God in the book of Jonah is an example of how he deals with his people that I believe is true of us too, his people. If you are in Christ, if you believe in him, you are a part of God's people. So God dealing with Jonah is an example, is an example of how he deals with us, okay? Does that make sense? Are you with me? Nod your head maybe a little bit, yeah? All right, cool. Now we're, now we're rocking, okay. So let's get into it. First, slight, a slight recap slash Point number one. Okay, in chapter one, we saw that God calls and Jonah runs. Okay, Ryan, Ryan talked through that last week, but slight recap, God calls and Jonah runs. And remember that the same is also true with us, and I'll connect these dots at the end, but also God calls us and we run. Okay, God calls us and we run, but God calls Jonah and he runs. If you missed chapter one, go back and read it. We see in verses 1 and 2, chapter 1, that God calls Jonah to go and preach to a, a big, bad city called Nineveh that was really scary, a bunch of dudes in it that did some really bad things, and, and Jonah flees, and he runs away from God's call. Now, Jonah often gets a bad rap, but let me assure you that you would have done the same thing. All right, you're no, you're no better than Jonah is. We, we are, he is a he, he exemplifies humans, right? So we learn something about ourselves from him too. And it's that we would have done the same thing. We, we, we tend to run away from God's call. We're no better than Jonah, and Jonah reveals that to us. And uh, I think you know this to be true in your own life as well as throughout Scripture, right? God tells humans something to do or something not to do, and then they do it. Right? That's, from, that's from the very beginning in Genesis 3, God tells Adam and Eve, okay, you can do all these things, but don't eat this one fruit from this one tree, and they do it. Right? it, it it's now human nature. This is the universal story of human beings. We do not respond to God in the way we should naturally. Right? Similar to maybe when your parents tell you to do something, and then you immediately, like, your, your natural, like, your kickback is, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Or when your parents say, uh, you know, don't, don't do this, and even if, you, even if you don't do it, even if you do obey, there's, there's something in there that's like, well, what if I did? Don't, don't, touch the, you know, don't touch the stove, it'll hurt, and you're like, but what if I did? Even though I know it's going to hurt me, right? That is, that is, human, that is human nature. Uh, by, by nature, we do not do, we do not respond to God in the way we should. That's human nature from everybody since the fall. We are by nature children of wrath, right? Ephesians 2, 3. Yet, we see a merciful God 
who, despite our disobedience or despite our sin, despite our rebellion against him, he still rescues us and he still saves us. But God, he still makes us alive in Christ. That's Ephesians 2.4. And this is the story of Jonah and this is also our story. Right, so we, just, we read chapter 2, but have, have it open. We started in 117, and it's important for us to, to remember that as we read this and as we go through it, that this is a prayer that was said by Jonah from the belly of the fish after three days and three nights. He's remembering what happened, okay? So this is, this is Jonah remembering what happened after he was, he was tossed off the boat Right, and he was, he was sinking down. So this is not a prayer. His prayer here in chapter 2 is not a prayer to be saved from the fish. This is a prayer of thanksgiving that he was saved by the fish. Okay, so God sending the fish was actually how Jonah was saved. This isn't, this isn't God, uh, Jonah asking God to be released from the fish. This is Jonah thanking God for being saved by the fish. Does that make sense? So that's what this prayer is. It's, it's, it's Jonah remembering um, how God saved him as he was brought down. So we saw how God calls, Jonah runs. The same is true with us. God calls and we run. That's, that's our natural state. And then the next thing that we see is that God brings Jonah, he, he brings him down low. God brings Jonah low, like, like to, to, the, to the depths and he does the same with us, okay? God brought Jonah low, but God also brings us low. Let me explain what I mean. Jonah says he called to the Lord out of his distress in verse 2. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Right? Verse 2 is sort of a summarization of the whole prayer. So God calls to Jonah in his distress. And then in verse 3, he says, You cast me into the deep. This is a prayer to God and Jonah saying, you cast me into the deep. Wait a second. Do you remember this story? Who, who tossed Jonah out of the ship? The sailors. The sailors cast Jonah out of the ship. So how can Jonah then pray, God, you cast me into the deep? doesn't really make sense unless it's, it's Jonah acknowledging that God is at work, right? God is, is working through the sailors, right? So, so God is ultimately at work through those people that, that cast Jonah off the ship. So Jonah can say, actually, God, you are the one that did this. You, you cast me into the deep. You brought me down. You did this. And Jonah goes on to say, he says, your waves and your billows or your breakers, they crashed over me. So the God of the sea is, is in control. He's the one that sent the waves that made Jonah sink. So, so this, is, this is Jonah saying, God, you did this to me. You have brought me down low. This is essentially Jonah saying, God, you have brought me to my lowest point. God, you, you, have, you have brought me down to the depths. And Jonah says that he cried from the belly of Sheol, or as Noah read, it said, from the land of the, of the dead. This is essentially, um, it, it would be like us saying, I cried out from the grave. 
Okay, this, this is where Jonah's at. He's basically saying, I was dead. There was nothing else I could do. Nowhere else I could turn. I, I had no hope in my life. I, I am brought to the lowest point that I could possibly be, and it was God who brought me here. It's a pretty low point. And in pretty scary and graphic detail, Jonah describes the situation he was in. If you really think about it, he says, Waters closed in over me to take my life. We, seaweed was wrapped around my head. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Right? They understood that the place of the dead was below the bottom of the sea. Okay, and this is Jonah basically saying that I was, I was as far, I was drowning to death. I was dead and I was at the bottom of the sea with weeds wrapped around my head. There was absolutely nothing, nothing he could do. Nowhere he could turn. Jonah was totally helpless. Nowhere to go, nothing he can do. He can't save himself, no hope. Tasting death, he was essentially dead. I wonder if you've ever felt something, something like that. Like there was nowhere else to turn. No, no relief anywhere. Felt like God wasn't there. And that's really what Jonah was saying. He, Jonah said, I've been driven away from your sight. He's like, God, you can't even, I'm, I'm so far gone, so far away from you, you can't even see me. That's how Jonah felt. Depression, sickness, pain, whatever, whatever you've gone through. Have you ever experienced something like that? Right? And I've, I've, felt, I've felt that way a couple of times. Like there was nowhere else to turn, nowhere, nowhere I could go. I, di- I didn't know what to do. Just helpless, rock bottom, sinking. I don't like to quote him too often, but one of my, uh, one of my old dead friends, his name's Charles Spurgeon, um, he said this about this text, and I brought Charles with me. This is Charles. Everybody say hi, Charles. Hi, Charles. Charles, is it okay if I quote you in this sermon? He says yes. Okay. He said this about this text. Most of the grand truths of God, okay, stick with me here. Most of the grand truths of God, so... Anything that is really, really good, really deep, really true about God that he wants to drive down deep into our lives, any of the big things about God, this is what he said, most of the grand truths about God have to be learned by trouble. They must be burned into us with the hot iron of affliction. Otherwise, we will not truly receive them. That's good. So God is so good and so wise that he uses trouble and affliction, difficult times in our lives, to to drive down the deep truths about himself into our heart that we couldn't get any other way except for if we went through difficult periods of our lives. Right? And if you've been through some difficult parts and you've come out on the other side, then you probably know this to be true. Because you experience God 
in a whole new way whenever you go through affliction and trials and troubles in your life. Right? And, and that's, that's the way that God's designed it. So if you are in the midst of it right now, you can trust and know that you can experience him in a new, in a fresh way because that's how God uses those difficult times in our lives so that we might know him more and love him better. Right? We're better off for it in the end. Though, that doesn't take away the pain in the moment. Because Jonah still had to experience sinking into the deep, terrifying waters and feeling like he was going to die before God rescued him. He still had to go through it. Another one of my uh, old dead friends named John Calvin said this, The servants of God do not gain the victory without great struggle. The servants of God do not gain the victory without great struggle. So, when we are brought low, right? When we're, when we're brought low, when we're in difficult times in our lives, when we experience those things, when God brought Jonah low, and when he brings us low, when we're left no, with nowhere else to turn, we understand when, when we're in that point, when Jonah was in that point, and when we experience that. We, we understand and we realize now that there is no hope in anywhere but him. Jonah had to realize, and we have to realize, when we hit rock bottom, that's when we can understand and know experientially that there is no hope in anywhere else but God. And, and when we hit that point, whenever we, whenever we reach that point, it is when, in Jonah's life, is when he called out to him. When he called out to God and when he prayed. Okay, and the same is true for us. When we hit that rock bottom, when we realize that we can't do this on our own, we can't save ourselves, there's no hope in anywhere but God. When we hit that point of rock bottom, that's when we respond and call out to God, right? When we call out to him, verse 2, like I said, is a summary of the whole prayer. We see Jonah crying out to the Lord in his distress. He's from the grave, and God heard his voice. Verses 4 and verse 6 also illustrate this as well. Verse 4 said, Then I said, Jonah, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. I'm driven away from your sight. Okay. So this is a reference to something that the Jews did, the people of God in that time. Uh, when, the, when the temple was built, Solomon prayed when, whenever he was um, dedicating the, the temple where God's presence would be for the, the people of God. Um, th- this is something that they would do. It, was, it wasn't like a, something they had to do. It wasn't a requirement like a law, but it was a reminder to the Jewish people that when they prayed toward the temple, when they faced the temple, it was just a, a physical reminder to them that God would hear their prayer. And, and that's what we see Jonah doing here, but it's not just that. There's something else deeper going on here. And in 1 Kings 8, 35 and 36, this is in, this is in Solomon's prayer as he dedicates the temple. It says this. Okay, stick with me here. This, this, has, a, this has an important point. It says, When heaven is shut up and there is no rain... Because they have sinned against you. Okay, so when the people of God have sinned against God, he says this. If they pray toward this place, the temple, 
and acknowledge your name and turn from their sin, when you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants. Okay? So this is, is way back then for the Jews. This is saying, God, when you afflict your people because of their sin and their disobedience, if they repent of their sin, if they acknowledge who you are and call out to you, will you save them? And isn't that exactly what Jonah is doing? That's what Jonah is doing then. He, he's acknowledging who God is. Right? We, we know he knows who God is, but now he's realized, God, I'm so far gone, there's nowhere else I can turn. There's nothing else I can do. He's acknowledging who God is. He's turning from his sin. So he believes in God and he turns from his sin or he repents. Does that sound familiar? It should. Because when Jesus began his ministry in the book of Mark, the first thing he does, he says, repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. So it's always been the same. Right? This, is, this is God from the beginning. Right? He, it, it, when, when Jesus says this, he says, repent, which is turn from your sin, and believe right, or acknowledge who God is. Believe in who God is. Repent and believe in the gospel. And this is Jonah's story of repentance and belief in God. And it parallels our story if we are in Christ. If you're a believer in Jesus this morning, this is the same thing that you have gone through. Right? You have repented and believed in the gospel. Right? In our rebellion against God, in our sin, we are brought low. We're left with nowhere else to turn, nowhere else to go, no hope in life. Then we call out to God. And he responds. God responds. Right? Jonah speaks of God's response in verse 6, where he says, um, Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When Jonah calls out to God from the, the midst of the grave, feeling like he was dead, nowhere else to turn, nowhere else to go, felt like he was out of God's presence, he still calls out to God, and God brings up his life from the pit. He rescued him. Jonah did nothing to deserve this, by the way. He did nothing but run away. And yet God continued to pursue him and did whatever it took to get his attention. Right, And finally, when he brings him to his lowest point, Jonah calls out and God still rescues him, right? And the, and the same is true for us. We, we don't deserve to be saved. We didn't, we didn't do anything to deserve our salvation or earn it. We did nothing to deserve it. It was totally an act of God's grace. Here, here in Jonah, totally an act of God's grace that he was rescued. In our lives, totally an act of God's grace through Christ that we're saved. And this whole passage of Jonah's prayer shows us that all the trouble we go through, all the trouble we go through in the midst of our rebellion and our running from God, shows us that salvation and deliverance cannot be hoped for or experienced anywhere else except in Christ. There's nowhere else. He is the only one that could do the saving. Okay, and when we call out to him in our distress and in our misery and in our pain, he answers. God answers. 
And now, the craziest thing about, all, about this whole story to me um, is if you remember where this all started in chapter 1, in the beginning of this book, but also the beginning of, of the sermon, you remember what I said in the very beginning. Who, wh- where does it all begin? Who, who calls Jonah in the very beginning? God, God calls Jonah, right? That's, that's how we see the, the very beginning uh, of the book. It is the word of the Lord coming to Jonah, calling him to do something, right? So God calls, God calls Jonah in the very beginning. So this is the progression that Jonah goes through, okay? Don't miss this. God calls, that's first. God calls, Jonah runs. God brings Jonah low to a, a point where he can, know, can go nowhere else. Then Jonah repents and prays, and God rescues him, okay? So who was it in the very beginning? God. And then who was it in the very end? God. It's God from beginning to end. It started with him, and it ends with him. All right, we can't, we can't miss that. You can't miss it, that, that it's God calling from the beginning to the end. This is true of us as well in our salvation, but also any time that we are disobedient in our faith, it's, it's always him. It's God calling us. It's us running away or being disobedient. It's God bringing us to a place where we realize there's nowhere else we can turn except to him. And then finally we reach a point where we call out to him and he still responds and saves us and rescues us. It's God from beginning to end. Same is true of us, right? God calls. We run. God brings us slow. We repent and believe. God rescues us. Happens in Jonah. Happens in our life. God rescues from beginning to end. It's God bringing us to himself from beginning to end. And Jonah agrees with this too. I'm not just saying this because you, did you see the last line of the prayer? In verse 9, the last line he says, salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Nobody else gets the credit. Nobody else gets gets to say uh, that they saved themselves or that they rescued themselves. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It's all God. The glory is all his. It was God from beginning to the end. For Jonah and for us. Okay, we're going to respond in worship. I think the band's going to come back up. We have another song. So, so what, how, how do we respond then? How do we respond to this, this news? That, that what, in, in our lives, God calls us. We, we have a tendency naturally to run from him, yet God gets our attention in whatever means possible we repent, we turn to him, and he still rescues us and saves us. Right? That, that is true. Jonah, Jonah was brought low and was brought down by God because of his sin and rebellion. So there, there was a purpose that God did this. He was trying to get Jonah's attention. He was rescuing him, and it was caused by Jonah's sin and his rebellion. So this is God bringing somebody back to himself who is already a, a believer. Right? So he's already a, a part of, a, of God's people, and this is God bringing him back through the midst of sin and rebellion. But God also does this when we're saved. 
right? Naturally, like I said earlier, we're children of wrath. We're disobedient. We're sinners. We're separated from God, right? God calls us to himself. We run away. Yet he brings us to himself. We respond. We repent and believe in the good news, and he saves us. So, my own story models this, too. I can remember I was 12 or 13 years old, um, and, and I reached a point. I was hearing the gospel preached. I was hearing God call me to himself. I continually ran away. I, I've probably told some of you this before, but I would, my youth pastor in, in our services, he would do like an invitation thing at the end, and he would, like, he would say, raise your hand if you, um, you want to believe in Jesus tonight or whatever for the first time. He did something like that. And I would always do one of these, like a little, you know, like a little alligator arm, like a half arm. Because I didn't, I, like, I knew, I knew that that was true, what he was saying. And I wanted to believe it, but my, my, I couldn't, I didn't want to jump in. I was still in rebellion. I was still running from God's call. And finally, I reached a point, I don't know what happened. I mean, I do know it was, it was the Lord finally breaking me. Where I was like, okay, I, <laughs> I realize I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I can't save myself. And so finally, I, I truly repented of my sin and believed and jumped in and, and, and followed Christ. Right? That was my story of salvation. And it follows this pattern right here because this is how God deals with his people. Okay, so this could be, so this is multiple things. This could be you if you are not a believer in Christ. If you've never repented and believed in the gospel, this could be your story today. You could, you could finally call out and say, there's nowhere else I can go. Salvation is nowhere else except in you and you alone, God. Today, maybe, maybe you call out to him for that. Um, it could be that you are in the midst of sin and disobedience and rebellion. You are a believer already, but, but now this is your story. You, you're running away from him. And he's bringing you to a point where you're, you're about to say, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of running. There's nowhere else I can go. Nowhere else is going to give me life except God. So, follow this example. Call out to him. Believe in him. And then this should also be probably just a daily experience for believers in Christ. Right? And, and, and this, this should be something that we wake up every morning and, and think about. Okay, God is calling me to walk in obedience to him today. Every day when I wake up. God's calling me to walk in obedience to him. I know that my natural tendency is my heart, and my heart is to want to be disobedient. But God, I know that there is nowhere else that provides me life and peace and comfort and salvation except for in you. So God, I'm going to walk in obedience today. So the story is the same, whether you are not a believer whether you are a believer walking in sin and disobedience, or if, if you're feeling pretty good, well, if you're feeling pretty good, that may be a, a sign that you're actually not doing pretty good. But if you, if you feel like, yeah, I've been, I've been walking in obedience, then make this the, the truth for you every morning when you wake up. Okay? Our daily disobedience to God 
is from God beginning to end, just like Jonah. Okay, so now how do we respond? Just like Jonah did in, in, this, in this chapter, in verse two, I mean, chapter two. So we respond with him. What does he say? I, with a voice of thanksgiving, verse nine, will sacrifice to you. So we're about to respond in worship. So with a voice of thanksgiving, respond to him for saving you and what, what he's done for you, for rescuing you from your sin and your death when there is nothing that you could do. All right, and then uh, we live our lives as a living sacrifice, Romans 12, right? We don't, we don't sacrifice like they would have with animals, all that sort of stuff. We live our lives as a sacrifice, Romans 12. So with a voice of thanksgiving, praise God, live your life as a sacrifice to him. And then lastly, we declare that salvation belongs to the Lord in the same way that Jonah did, right? After he's gone through all these difficult times, after he's been brought down low by God and when God rescues him, God calls, he rescues. Jonah says, salvation belongs to the Lord. And that should be true of us as well. If we've, if we've experienced the salvation that only comes from the Lord, that becomes our message everywhere we go. We declare that, that salvation belongs to the Lord. There's nowhere else in which life can be found except for in Christ. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So we declare that everywhere we go. We praise God with thanksgiving. We live our lives as a sacrifice of praise to him and declare that salvation belongs to the Lord. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that the truth of God's word is both encouraging and uplifting to you. If you'd like more information about our church, service times, or locations, or if you have a question about what you heard today and you want to connect with someone, I want to encourage you to visit us on our website at championforest.org. Have a great day and God bless.